Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls and I'm your host and I'm fired up today. I have a legend on the show today. If you guys don't know who this dude is, you're about to have your mind blown. So I want to welcome Shaka Dyson to the show. Shaka, welcome, man. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a long time coming, champion. Appreciate you for having me on, man. Dude, I'm so excited. I, I, I like your energy is is ridiculous, man. I had, I had, um, I forget who it was. Just yesterday or the day before, somebody was talking about um, what you did down there at uh, Glenn Lundy's uh, deal, the the Rise and Grind conference. Somebody was talking to me about that. I'm like, wow. I heard he brought it. I heard he brought it. <laughs> wow. Awesome, man. Awesome. You know, we had a great time down there, man. Uh, there's nothing better than being at a conference, a big conference. I'm talking five or 600 people and all of them being like-minded, all of them being having the same mission, being driven the same way, there for the same purpose, going after the same thing, man. And all of us uh, immersing together, man, it, it was it was phenomenal, man. Had a great time. So kudos to whoever that was shout out to whoever that was you about it yeah i don't i don't remember i forget who it was but anyway i heard that you brought it i know you uh you left a massive impression on a lot of people man so 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 listen you um this show is is called breakthrough walls it's it's to help people have a breakthrough and i know that people get stuck in life you know people get stuck in life and, and sure. they can't get past whatever it is that's holding them back. And that's what this is about. So I'd like to start with, uh, you know, how about you, um, you, you tell everybody where you were born and raised, a little bit about yourself. Well, man, you know what, man? I'm from originally from uh, L.A., Los Angeles, California, man. I got a lot of uh, family still out there. Uh, people don't know this about me, but I've got an older brother. People don't know, don't know that I have an older brother who just spent the last 17 years in prison. I haven't seen him in 20 years. Oh, wow. Uh, but uh, but uh, uh, he's got a release date coming up in a few weeks, so I'm pretty excited about that. First time I'll be able to see my brother in about two decades. Oh, wow. uh, but so originally from Los Angeles, California, moved to Oklahoma City for a little while, grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I've been in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, since '03, man. Wow! Holy moly, man! So you grew up right down the street from me, then? That's like three hours from where I am. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Indianapolis. Yeah, I'm I'm in Columbus. You know what, man? Uh, Indianapolis, man. That that's that's where I got my uh, my breakthrough in the automotive industry, man. It's where I got my first uh, automotive position. Uh, and, and the funny man, I got many stories about Indianapolis, man. But the funny thing is, is I remember I used to live in that project building out on 38th Street, man. And I had a, I had an old. This is before I got into the car business, man. I had an old, busted, broke down car. We called them hoopties back in the day, just so you know. And I had <laughs> old, broke, busted vehicles that started sometimes and sometimes they didn't. And I used to have hair a long time ago. I don't now, but I used to have hair back then. And I would walk from this project, from these buildings, I would walk from the buildings, I would walk a mile and a half down to the barbershop because my old busted up car wouldn't start. Well, when I, as I was walking, I would walk past these car dealerships. And I remember specifically looking at these car dealerships, at these cars on the lots 
of these car dealerships. And I remember, man, one time I was out there looking at, I think it was a 98, 97 Dodge Intrepid, something like that as I was walking. And I remember standing out there and some guy, some salesperson came out there and, and, and up me at what I know to be up now, but yeah. Hey, can I help? you? sure. I like this car. He says, Hey, you ever, uh, you have something you trade in or if I said, no, man, I'm walking, I'm, I'm coming down there from the buildings down there. He said, well, come on in, sat me down, ran my credit. I had none. And, uh, he said, you know, good news. I said, yeah. He said, yeah, I, I can, I, I can sell you this car. Wonderful. He said, uh, uh, if you have a cosigner. I said, uh-huh. okay. And so I tried to call my dad and, uh, and, uh, I wasn't able to get my dad to cosign. But moral to that story is, is three years later, I came back to run that store. What? Yeah, I came back to run that store. So when I was running that store three years later, I remember I would always, as I was standing at the sales tower, I would always look over to that desk that I sat at. And I remember, I remember working that deal and sitting with that salesperson, man. And I, I remember, and I, and I remember sitting at that desk every day that I walked in, man. I sat at wow. that desk, and, and what it allowed me to do was to count my blessing every time I walked into that store to know where I came from. Wow, dude, that's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. So, did you ever get a Dodge Intrepid? <laughs> oh no, no, no! I ended up getting a three hundred, though. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So the, the the I remember the Dodge Intrepid man. I almost bought one that thing. Yeah. That was a nice looking ride. It was like their wasn't it some kind of like a a, a one time deal they did or something for the or I, I forget there was something special around that car. But anyway, so 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 you ended up what? How did that happen though? That you came back and ran that store. You didn't go from walking to the barber shop to. Next day you're, you're, you're running a store. No, man. So, you know, you know, when you, when you're not working in the car business, man, this is what I explained to people at the hustling grind conference. When you're not working in a car business, when you, when you have my kind of background and, and lived in the buildings that I lived in, man. And, 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 uh, when you're poor, just so you know, when you're poor and you're in that environment, everyone around you in the buildings that live around you are poor as well. Right. So it's not like you understand how very poor you are because everyone is poor that that's around you. It's not like you live in a poor situation and everyone else has money. It's not like that. So uh, I became pretty good at being poor. I became pretty good at, at not having things and being okay with not having things and just having a little bit, man. And um, I finally got an opportunity. I, I was making, I don't know, eight bucks an hour, nine dollars an hour working for a sign company, man. And I saw this classified ad in a newspaper that said uh, $45,000 first year, uh, no experience necessary. Apply this Tuesday and Wednesday at Hubler Dodge. And uh, that was in Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, to uh, Howard Hubler and Christy Hubler and the Hubler family. I still know them. Um, but uh, I remember going to that that interview and not having getting ready for that interview and not having the proper clothes. You remember back in the day we used to call dress clothes church clothes yeah. Sunday. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. And so I didn't have any clothes to go. So I would I went to my dad's and I I got a tie and I got a shirt and I I had on some dicky pants from Walmart and 
and the little penny loafers, and I went to the interview. Wow, and man. Ended up, uh, getting the job, a guy named Scott Griffin, who I know to this day, uh, ended up giving me a job there at Hubler Dodge. And uh, I remember him specifically saying, he said, go ahead and take this weekend off because you'll never have another weekend off the rest of your career. <laughs> Like, huh? Like, what? Who, who, who's, who doesn't? Who, who works weekends, right? Right, right. So I'm 21 years old at this point in time, and uh, I never forget March of 1999, I sold my first car at Hubler Dodge, Indianapolis, Indiana. And, um, man, I'm going to tell you something. When I started working there, and I came under the realization that I was working in the same place that people made a hundred thousand bucks. Like there were people around me that made six figures and I had never in real life ever met anyone who made six figures. I had never met those people in real life. So to be around them and to understand that, that they made six figures and they made six figures doing the same thing that I would be doing. That's all I needed to know. That was all the motivation and inspiration I needed to know because you got to understand I'm a high school dropout. Right. Like, 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 and dropping out in high school when I was 17 years old, I, I was under the under impression and understanding that I would struggle forever, that I would never have anything simply because I didn't have a high school diploma. I didn't have a college degree like everyone else is taught to go get. I didn't follow that path. So I understood that forever I would be at, on the bottom rung. Forever I would be poor. Forever. See, this was beat into me. Yeah. This is what everyone told me that forever I would have the less of everything. So when I got the opportunity to go work at the car dealership, when I got that job, man, I saw that classified ad. It said $45,000 first year, no experience necessary. I thought to myself, man, I could pay my rent for five years. I would be rich if I made forty-five grand. I remember right. specifically saying that. Right. By that time, you know, I'm a high school dropout at 17. At 18, I'm a father. Wow. So I was a teenage father at 18 years old. You know, at two years old, my biological mother left me. My upbringing was adverse, right? It wasn't the greatest. Right. Ended up running away from home when I was 17 to get away from the situation I was living in, becoming a high school dropout, becoming a father at 18 years old. I didn't think that once I dropped out, I didn't think that I had a chance. I thought forever I would make minimum wage working hourly. So when I got the opportunity to work in the car business where people said, you get what you give. Where they said, you know what, you're going to get out of this. Your paycheck will reflect your effort. That's what it's going to reflect. Nobody asking you for your degree. No one's asking you how well educated you went to. They're asking you how hard you're going to work. How much work you're going to put in. How much training you're going to put in to become the best. That's what they're asking you. They're not asking you about your degree and your accolades. When I found that out, when, when, when I found out that the pedigree and the way that I would be judged is on – the effort, the, the, the amount of effort I put in and not the degree, man, I was on a level playing field. That's all I needed. Dude, My motivation was different. I love it, man. By the way, Elise Kephart's on here and she is talking some good stuff about you, man. Nice. I nice. Love, Elise is, Elise is amazing. So, yeah. so dude, so, so did you go, <laughs> I can just imagine you, man. I'll bet you tore up that place. I'll bet you the other salespeople hated you. <laughs> Well, you know what, man? I, I tell you what, uh, I, I told a few sales people back and we can go back to the bullpen and have a conversation. If they want. Right. I, I, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I still know a couple of them to this day, man. And so we laugh about that, but I was rough around the edges. 
I mean, when I stepped into that environment, it's the first time I ever was working in a position where I had a desk, number one. Yeah. Or slacks and I wore a shirt and tie, right? That's the environment I was walking into. Well, that's not the environment I was from. So if they wanted to split my deal, we was going to talk about it first behind (laughs) big old uh, Dodge Durango's over there. That's what we were going to do, you know. Um, That's funny. (laughs) But yeah, man, so... You know, I, I I pounded the pavement, man. You know, this wow. is pre, this is pre BDC. You know, yeah. this was this was all taking ups and answering phone calls. That's that's back in these days before yeah. they BDCs in the in the dealership. And so I was pounding the pavement, and uh, I determined back then that the only way somebody else would get a customer is after I had mine. Wow, man. So so that's funny, dude. So so you you know I. I've walked into car dealerships. I've never sold cars in my life. I keep tell I, I I tell Frank Lopes, I, I'm bro. I'm not in the car business. He's like, dude, you are too, man. We've adopted you. And I'm yes. like, but 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 like you know, I've never sold cars in my life. But I, I've I've walked into car dealerships to look or buy a car or something, and it's unbelievable how many salespeople are just sitting around, do like just sitting around. Not in all of them. But like in a lot, they're just, you know, kicked back. And I'm like, dude, if I was selling cars, I'd be out flagging down people on the roads. I I, I mean, whatever it takes, right? Yeah. And, you, you know, man, uh, a lot of it has to do with that internal motivation, what's inspiring them and what's moving. I had to eat, right? At 18, man, I had to provide for my little girl. I had to eat. I had bills to pay at 18 years old. Right. I was one step from being in the streets yeah. at 18. So, so when I started working, man, it was different for me. My motivation was different. Yeah. And so that's why, that's why I never saw myself competing with other people because I knew that, that what I was competing and fighting for and grinding for was something, it was life for me. That's what it was for me. And you came from, you came from the, 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 you were poor. I grew up poor. I, I dropped out of high school at 17. I, I, I get that. I get all that mindset, man. And, and so like, it's, you're in a different place. I, my, uh, you know, I, I wrote about this in my book that, you know, pain is the predecessor of all wisdom, man. So, right. So when you're, when you're, when you feel that pain of being brought up poor, being brought up in it, like, I don't know, there's something different. I don't know what it is, but you've got it and you got some fire, man. Holy crap, man. <laughs> People are talking. People are talking about it right now in the comments. So, so, so you, so you sold cars. How long did you sell there? I sold, so I sold cars for a total of two years, one year at Hubler Dodge and then uh, one year at Alderman Ford after I got fired from Hubler Dodge. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's the rest of the story, as yeah, Paul so, Harvey would say. Yeah, so I got fired because me and the GM bumped heads. Greg Landworthy, shout out to Greg Landworthy. He's a uh, owner of a few different dealerships up in Kokomo, Indiana. Love Greg to death, man. He and I are friends to this day. But back then, he, he had a guy. It was funny. And it was all my fault, too, dude. <laughs> <laughs> was that guy. That, that was out on the lot and who would see us with customers and would and would write on this. And so what we had was a sheet or a pad that we had to turn in that had all the customer information on it. Name, phone number, who they were, what they were looking at, etc. If right. they had a trade. So this guy that we paid by that he paid by the hour to watch us, 
uh, was relentless. And I'm talking about he would cheat, 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 cheat. I mean, he would follow us around and cheat and cheat, cheat asking for the sheet. <laughs> and one day, man, I had just, it just, I had had enough and I went off on the guy. And, uh, Greg ended up calling me in his office and, uh, and, and the other guy in his office, cause, uh, you know, we almost went to, you know, yeah. Uh, so he wanted to know what happened. And, uh, you know, I said, Greg, he keeps following me around asking for the sheet. And <laughs> Greg said, looks at the guy and says, um, good job. Uh, you and I, and he, and he told the guy he could leave. He said, you and I, you will never do that here under no uncertain terms. And he said, you know what? You can't continue here, man. We can't have, we can't have that kind of interruption. Oh, wow. And so, uh, my guy, Rob Jenny, who's also, who's in the FNI 20 group, we're great friends to this day. Uh, reached out to me. He said, Shaka, come on, come work here. I got a demo for you. You know, come on. And so I went to work for the Ford store, uh, for a year, man, and, uh, loved every minute, but it was time. It was yeah. time for me to grow to that next level, man. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and, uh, you know, I, I love, I love Greg and, and he was absolutely right for letting me go, man, because, uh, you can't have anybody not following the rules right. uh, of the general manager. So that's, that, that's just it. So that he, so this guy, but the guy with the sheet, that's like, he was the CRM basically. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the, it was the, the human CRM every day, all day long. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's his only purpose, man. It's like the, the janitor, man. Like he don't walk on my clean floors. Right. So, yeah. So, so, so you, you, so you sold cars for a total, you said a total of three years or two years, two, two. Yep. And yep. then so, what, what'd you do then? Cause this is all in Indianapolis, right? All in Indianapolis. And so then I got the opportunity to do F and I, I caught the F and I bug ah. when I went to Alderman Ford and found out that, uh, there, I had a finance manager there and he was 25 years old and I was so impressed with him. Uh, he looked good and, and, and I was 22 at this time and, and I saw that it was possible that you didn't have to be, you know, in your 40s and 50s and have a degree. And, and it wasn't just this big mysterious Oz behind some some wall. Right. That yeah. it was accessible. Um, and uh, I got the, the bug to do uh, to do finance, man, and finally got an opportunity in Lafayette, Indiana, back when Drew Brees played for Purdue University. Wow. Uh, I got the opportunity, a guy named Jason Troxel, who I am great friends with family and I love him to this day. Uh, but he gave me my shot, had no reason to, zero reason to. It's not like I had a background or it's not like Bob Rorman already didn't have an auto group up in Lafayette, Indiana, but he chose me, this salesperson, uh, from Indianapolis, Indiana. He decided to give me my one shot and that's all it took is that one shot, man. And, uh, I never looked back from there, man. And it was all F and I. So for, for the people that are not, there's a lot of people on the stream that are not in the car business. So they don't even sure. know what F and I is really. Sure. I'm, what Can you explain what that is? Absolutely love to, man. So when you go into a dealership, you work with a salesperson to purchase the vehicle. You work with the finance manager, which F and I stands for finance and insurance. You work with the finance manager to do the contracts, discuss terms, rates, what kind of money you want to put down, what lender you're going to work with, rates, things of that nature. So okay. that's the department that I went into. Okay. So that's, that's what you started doing now. Now I know some F and I people, and they they have a tendency of of making a lot more money than than the average car sales salesperson, right? Mm -hmm. 
Sure. What's that? Sure. I say, yeah, you break it up a little bit, but yeah, absolutely. They do. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we lost, uh, lost a little bit there. So, so, so did you start making more money right away? I did, man. Uh, I started making uh, more money. The reason why they make more money is because they deal with more customers. Right. Salespeople deal with their customers. Finance managers deal with all oh, the customers. Gotcha. And so, so I started making more money, man. And, and I started noticing, uh, I, I started feeling like I had normal prosperity. And what mm. I meant, meant by that is now I could shop at Target like other people. Now, when I walked into the mall, I didn't feel like I couldn't walk into certain stores because I was poor. You know, now I actually felt like I could finance a car and, and, and be able to make payments. Now I move, I can move out of those buildings that I used to live in. Um, so, so I started feeling like a sense of normal prosperity, man. And, and that's where it was life changing for me. The car business changed my life. And I'm going to tell you something, man. I could tell you to this damn witness. I'm 40 years old now. And so I'm going to tell you something, the change in your life, if you want to get out of the struggle and the hardships that you go through, it starts up here first and here second. You have to know it's possible and then you have to truly believe that it's possible. And once you know it's possible and truly believe that it's possible, you allow your actions to follow. And if you allow your actions to follow, listen to me, you can't be stopped at that point in time. There's nothing that really could stop you. And once I started seeing a little bit more money as like a finance person and I, I was a manager <laughs> yeah. in the automotive industry, right? And I started seeing a little bit more money and I started my, – my, my daughter was living well. You know, I was able to provide her with the life that I'd never had, send her and take her on trips that I'd never been on, provide her with things that I never had growing up. So it, it, it was life-changing for me in, 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 that, in, that, in that way. So, so it started though with a, a, a mental shift, right? Started there and then, then it became part of your, your being. Mm -hmm. So, so, well, so I, I mean, I, I think it's safe to assume that you definitely got into six figures and, and, you know, I know that you've done some unbelievable things since then and, and hit even higher levels in life. So, my thing is, is a, a lot of people, you know, I've seen it, you've seen it, people that we grew up with that, that are still stuck in the hood, right? Or, or, and, 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 you know, you want to like shake them and say, dude, it's, it's right there, man. How, what is it though that you, what is it you think that's, that's keeping people there? What keeps them stuck in that mindset? Well, you know what, man? It's even deeper for me than men stuck in the hood, man. Six members of my family have been murdered up to this oh point. Oh, my so, God, dude. So what? I've had, I've had those members and my family members of my family have been murdered. Other member, uh, other people that I've known in life growing up have also been murdered. So uh, to this day. Uh, so so I know I know more than I care to count yeah. who, have, who, who, who aren't here. And uh, there are others that I know that that have not grown outside their situation that they grew up in. And what I believe, what I believe a difference is, is number one, the will, the want, that's the first thing, because where there's a will, there's a way. When you, when you, when you, when you're sick of the pain, man, when you're sick of the frustration, when you're sick of being hungry, when you're sick of living like that, you're going to find a way. Yeah. And for me to grow up out of it, I had to change my surrounding. Once I had it here, 
Not reading, not, it wasn't about just reading a book and, and, and daydreaming about it, man. It was reading a book. It was having the believability up here. It was having the heart to go after it, putting action behind it and changing my surroundings. Cause remember, I told you the first dealership I worked at, I met people who made six figures. Yeah. I made it my business to always be around those people. That's what I, I made it my business to go hang around those people who were doing a lot better than me, who actually had houses. I didn't know yeah. people who had houses back then, right? So, except, so, so I, I, that had their own houses, I should say. So, you know, I started being and, and immersing and, and creating a community around myself and being around people who were in better situations than me, even if it took me out of my comfort zone. Even if I was in places that, that, that people couldn't relate to me, at least I was in those places. Yeah. And so here it is, I'm 40 years old and I'm known all over the country now. Here it is, I'm 40 years old and millionaires know who I am. I'm yeah. business partners with a, a good friend of yours and mine that, that's a multi-millionaire. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, it all stemmed from, you know, if you want better, then God dog it, go around people who are doing better. Right. Learn what they learn. Do see what they see, what it is that they see, understand why it is that they view things. How do they walk? How do they talk? What do they read? What when do they get up in the morning? When do they go to bed? See, the great thing about success is you don't have to invent it, my friend. Oh, it's already created the blueprint for it. And all and if you want it bad enough, all you have to do is see the blueprint and be willing to take the hits and go through it. And uh, you can also be successful. Uh, Come on. Uh, you're bringing it, man. You are bringing it. Dude. And, and the guy, you know, look, the guy you're talking about that your business partner's with, you can say his name, man. Everybody knows him. Say it. Okay, Grant Cardone. Grant Come on, Cardone. man. Your partner's with him and some stuff, and that's freaking unbelievable. And and I, I've known Grant now for quite a while, too. And, 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 you know, he says it. Get around the people that are going to bring you up, not bring you down. And that's mm -hmm. what, so you intuitively knew that. And I'm going to tell you, man, I've, I've interviewed 120 some odd people on this show. And there's one, one common denominator among everyone that I've had on this show. And that is it right there. Getting mm -hmm. around the right people, having mentors in your life. Who comes mm -hmm. when I, because I can think of them. When I say to you, dude, think back to those days back when you were walking to the barber shop, right? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and, and you had your friends, you had mm -hmm. your friends, they walked to the barber shop with you probably once in a while, right? But the, the, when you made the shift and you got new friends, right? Mm -hmm. Is there somebody that stands out in your mind that was a massive influence in your life? One particular person? Yeah, Jason Troxell. And what did he do? What was it? Yeah, so, so Jason Troxel, man, you're talking about back then, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, uh, amongst the many that that showed me uh, grace and love, man, and, and help, uh, Jason is actually the guy who was my general manager at the first store that I became a finance manager at. And I, I, I had no idea about finance. I had no clue as to all I knew is that it was a position and they didn't have to go out there and, and shovel the snow yeah. and move cars around on the lot and, and go take ups wearing thermals under their clothes. That's all I knew about them. And so I knew that I wanted that opportunity. And when I got that opportunity, I didn't know what, what, what these different contracts were, banker system, law con. I had no idea. But he mentored me. He just didn't throw me in there and said, all right, go for it. And if you fail, you're out. 
That's not that's not who he was. His approach to me was is that as long as you give me effort, I'm going to give you everything I got. Wow. And so it was that guy. That's why I love him to this day, because he didn't give up on me. He didn't he 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 gave me the opportunity to succeed. And it was up to me to fail. And I wouldn't allow myself to fail. I love it, dude. I love it. And then along the way, I'm sure you've had plenty of other people in your life, just like I have. And and so so you um, so it's, you were in Indianapolis. Then you said Lafayette, Indiana. Yep. And and so you started in F and I. And and then how what happened? Where how did you end up? Because I I know it was quite a while ago you went to Atlanta. Yeah. So in '03, man, I went to Atlanta. I got tired of. You got. I mean, it's just that plain and simple. Wanted more. If you don't live in Atlanta, I, here's what I know in traveling around the country. If you don't live in Atlanta, the city that you hear about the most besides L.A. is Atlanta. Yeah. So I, I wanted to live. I wanted to live in the south. I wanted to live in Atlanta. I was tired of the winters. I heard they had no winters down in Atlanta. And that's what drove me to make that move. Wow. That's awesome. Atlanta's Atlanta's amazing. Um, what part of Atlanta are you in? So I live north northeast of Atlanta in the Buford area. Nice. Where, where the you know the United States have the Mall of America, where yeah. Georgia has the Mall of Georgia, and I live not too far from the Mall of Georgia, man. So I'm yeah. I'm real I'm about I'm about two miles from my favorite store, and that's the Apple Store. I love it, dude. I see <laughs> the I see your iPad with the Apple Pencil, man. Yes, sir. I yes. got the I got the same hookup. I love I love Apple. So, 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 um, so you ended up in Atlanta. Now, you know, I used to live in Atlanta. I had a, I had a detail business, as a matter of fact, over on Cobb Parkway, right there on Dealer Alley. So, okay. so, so, um, you know, which I guess I was in the car business. That was a long time ago, though. But anyway, so, so, you know, you, you, did you have a job or did you just like say, I'm going to Atlanta? Just went to Atlanta, man. I packed up my stuff. Uh, I remember packing up my stuff, putting them in a storage, right? I had no plans on, on, on keeping the stuff, so I just stuck it in the storage <laughs> and um, packed up all my clothes in, in, in boxes and trash bags, put them all in my car, and uh, drove down to Atlanta. And uh, I got a room. I, I stayed at my, 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 a buddy of mine had an apartment. I got a, a room with him for the first month. I went over and... Uh, and uh, started looking for a position, man. Started looking for a position. So I sold cars briefly when I first got here. And uh, about 30 days, knock on wood, about 30 days after I got here, or even faster than that. Can't remember exactly. But uh, I ended up meeting a guy who also changed my life, a guy named Drew Tutton. Uh, shout out to Drew Tutton if he watches this. Um, but uh, he also gave me my first shot here, uh, here in Atlanta. Working for Rick Case, the Rick Case Automotive Group. Yeah, wow, that's awesome, man. I can read a well. Yeah, Rick, Rick Case is huge. They're huge. Giant, giant, giant. Yeah. They got the 30 stores that do high volume in Ohio, actually up there where you are yeah. in Ohio, here down in Georgia, and uh, they have a gigantic auto group, including a massive Honda store down in Florida. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. So, so you, um, so. Uh, okay, so you sold cars for thirty days in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even. Not even. And yeah. then what? 
And then I ended up meeting Drew. So I answered again, this is the classified ad thing, right? So people still, <laughs> and so, uh, I saw that, uh, they were looking for, uh, they were in, they were looking for a finance manager at one of the Rick Case locations. Had no idea there was more than one Rick Case location back then. And, uh, so I ended up, uh, getting to meet with, uh, the GM, uh, Hyundai, uh, uh, Drew Tutton and, yeah. uh, the rest is history, oh, man. So, so you okay? That's when you got back. Okay, I got you. I I was. I'm thinking car sales and F and I is the same. So you were working in a car dealership though, and then you went to the F and I route back into F and I. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then then uh, now you don't still work as an F and I manager at a dealership. Currently, to this day. Yeah. No, so now, man, uh, you know, knock on wood and, and, and thankful, man, but now I own my own company, man. I'm a, right. I'm the number one F&I trainer in the automotive industry, man. I own, uh, the, the, I own the, the biggest and the best F&I on demand training platform in the automotive industry, dealer F&I University. As a matter of fact, you see the, yeah. the sign back there. I also am the founder and creator of the largest F&I focus group in the automotive industry. It's called the F&I 20 group, almost 18,000 dealers and members uh, all over the uh, all over the country. I'm also a public speaker now. I speak at conferences. You mentioned one early yeah. hustle, Brian. So I speak at conferences. Uh, I often go down to Miami and do uh, meetings for uh, Cardone and his team down there. So, uh, you know, my life now, it looks drastically different than it did Early on, as when I first became an adult, man, uh, definitely blessed, definitely happy, man. And, and I can tell you uh, that I'm not special. I was just willing. I was just willing to, and I'm still willing. Like I I know what's possible because of where I come from. Yeah, uh, I, I know what's possible. And I know that every day you got to ball your fists up and you got to swing and you got to fight. And you have to know that every day. You're going to get hit with challenges and adversity. The difference between me and some other people is some other people look to try to avoid adversity. That's what they do. They play dodgeball with adversity. Me, I take it head on because I know it exists. Yeah. I know around every corner and every turn. I mean, when I came into this world, my biological mother left me when I was two years old. Since then, mm. I kept, I've been fighting all the way since then. And so – I will never, ever, 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 ever give up. Never. I know that success is possible. And I know that there are people out there who are doing the same thing that I'm doing, who come from even worse situations than I do. And I'm inspired by them because they also make it. They also take their life to different levels. Why? Because they never stop swinging. Wow, man. Holy crap, dude. I knew you were going to bring it. I knew it. So, so, wow. Okay, when did you, I'm trying to figure out a way to go back from that. That was incredible. But, so, you did F&I, though, in a dealership for, when did you, when did you make the the leap from doing F&I in a dealership to doing F and I training and everything that you're doing now, because dude, you are like, you got, a, <laughs> you, you're, you're the, you're the real deal. But yes. what, what, where did it, where did the shift happen? So, so right before, 
I launched my own company in 2016. See, I, la- I launched my, my own company in 2016. Now, the, the caveat to that was is I was supposed to launch it in January of 2016. I didn't know because in January of 2016, my father, who I keep referencing, was he bled to death. They what? found him. 2000, yeah. So they found him in 2016, January. So I had to, I had to halt what I was doing and, and take care of that, then get through that. And so I ended up launching my company in March of 2016. But prior to that, from 2012 to 2015, uh, I was a corporate F&I trainer for the Napleton Automotive Group. I had 34 dealerships across five states. I had 65 finance managers that reported to me, man. So wow. uh, that's what I, that's for the three years prior to me launching my company. That's what I did, man. And uh, we set 10 records for that automotive group that still stands to this day. Wow, man. That's incredible. So you l- let me ask you this because so far all we've talked about is automotive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And and a walk to the barbershop. <laughs> yeah, okay. But but I and this is a rhetorical question. Sure. But if I if I said, "Hey man, like let's say that the car business went under tomorrow and you yep. can no longer sell cars." No, yeah. no longer do F and I training because it didn't exist. Wasn't sure. needed. Sure. And 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 you call me and and I said, yeah, dude, sell some marketing and websites. How do you think you'd do with that? Uh, depends on what I, I would do. Phenomenal. That's the first. At whatever I put my whatever I decide I'm going to do, I'm going all in. So either either I would crash and burn horribly. <laughs> or I would do phenomenal. One of those two. But there's not going to be a middle road. You know, let me tell you something, man. I'm going to coin this phrase. I coined this phrase, but mediocrity is expensive. Oh. Right? I don't want – I people pay too much to get too little. I'm out, right? Oh, dude, I love so that. So either I would do phenomenal or horribly. I, I love it. I love – sorry, the internet – the internet's acting. A it, it, couple times we've had a little little hiccup. But – um Dude, I love and and it was a rhetorical question because no matter what it is, you're gonna go all in. All in, all, all in. in, man. Yeah. I'm 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 with you, dude. What is what is the uh, you know? Let's say that you had somebody, and I ask this question of everybody on the show, um, sure. and I normally save it for the last, but I'm I'm gonna throw it out there right now. If sure. if somebody if somebody came to you and they said. Shaka, man, uh, I, I know you had it rough, but man, I don't think you get it, man. My my electric's getting shut off tomorrow. My car was repoed last week. I can't finance a bologna sandwich right now. I got you know my, all these problems, and I can't figure it out. Like what I, what do I do, man? To give me some advice. What are you gonna say to that person to help get them over that that mental hump and get them moving? What do you say yeah, to so, them? Yeah, so. What's wild is, is you said hypothetically. That's not hypothetically for me. I just went through this situation with a, with an old friend of mine uh, that I came up with. I, absolutely, not even a week ago, this exact same situation. Wow. I'm, I'm about to be I, about to be put out in the street. About to get evicted, etc. Um, I cross this bridge more often than you, than you would think. I promise you. Uh, but what I tell people is, is what are you doing about it? I, your car is about to be repoed. Your electricity, you, you're about to get evicted. What are you doing about it? 
what 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 steps are you taking? What's 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 going to be different tomorrow? That's that's that. What's going to change between now and tomorrow so that tomorrow's different from today? What is it that you're doing about it? Where is your focus? Right. Because here's the deal. You heard that that old saying you can lead a horse to water, but can't make them. Right. Yeah. So you can't make everybody drink. You Some people, man, so, some people haven't felt enough pain yet. I truly believe, man, that when given the opportunity, if people really want it, people will step up. Yeah. But I can't convince you. I can't make you step up. So when they when they say all is gone wrong and I can't go on, if they want to go on, then I, is when I tell them, listen, first of all, you got to change your focus. People get what they focus on, period, point blank. Yep. It's not – see, people – Ken, you've heard this saying before, right? You become the sum total of the five people you hang around, right? That's, yep. You've heard that, right? Yep. See, I believe that because when I was poor, I was around more than the sum, the sum total of the five. I was more, around more than just five poor people all the time. Yeah. But I believe that you get what you focus on. So when I saw people that made six figures in real life and realized it was possible, I started reading books. Rick Pitino, Success is a Choice. Mm. To find that book in the, in, the, in the desk of a salesperson that got fired, right? That <laughs> salesperson used to get fired. We would go through and grab the pens, the paper. Well, I found a book, Success is a Choice. I started reading. I got many books up here. You can't see them behind me, or maybe you can't, but yeah. I got books up there you get what you focus on yeah. and after you get after you start focusing you start believing and then when you start believing you start putting your action through it and i would tell that person this is that if people are already living the life that you want then you know that it's possible and you know that the only difference between them and you is action mm. that's so now you got to fill the gap with action you got to fill the gap Right. We're doing the right things that are going to get you here with action. That's going to get you here with speaking, networking. That's going to get you here with being in places that are going to get you here, being around the people that are going to get you here. Because if you don't, then you get more of the same. Wow. Dude, there's people on here right now going, OK, I'm going to send this guy a connection right now. Troy Smith says that like people on, are man. loving it, bro. So, so, dude, that's what I'm talking about, man. That's 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 it. You get it. And and so so the people that are stuck though, they're stuck there. They can't they like like you're saying like dude, change the way that you're looking at everything. I'm telling you if they're stuck here, life is the best teacher, okay? It is. Life life listen to me. Life is what how many people on the planet? 7 billion. Life is 7 billion and oh. <laughs> Meaning life don't take no losses. It is the best teacher. It's going to deal you the cards that it needs to deal you in order for you to get that focus right. So if you are stuck, that means you haven't experienced enough pain yet to get unstuck. That's what that means. My man. I can't beg you to be successful. Oh, that's so true, man. I can't beg someone to be successful. I can't plead with them to be successful. But when they reach out to Shaka Dyson because they're at the end of their rope and they're ready to make a change, that's when I can be the most effective. Wow, dude, I'm getting chills. Keep going. <laughs> we can go all day. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, brother. Dude, that's incredible, man. That is absolutely incredible. So, so you've got this um, F and I. It's behind you. What's what's it say on the wall again? F the dealer F and I University. Dealer F and I University. 
Yep. So, so you got dealer at FNI University. You created this. You've you've got. Have you written any books yet? Not yet, dude. Not yet. We got to pipe. We got to fix that, man. So, I mean, you got like five books you've spit out just in the last forty five minutes. So, right. so like, like you, you you've got this F and I uh, dealer F and I University. You've got what else do you have going on? So I've got Dealer FNI University going on. I also have a media company. It's a smaller media company. I also do speaking around the country. So I'm a public speaker as well. Yep, yep. Uh, I got companies that reach out to me all the time, but not only big companies and not only dealerships, but dude, I speak at YMCAs. I speak at council, council meetings. Um, I speak where people need help. That's where I, that's where I speak. So I'm a public speaker as well. Um, so I got a lot of stuff going on, man. I got a lot of stuff going on. I know you do, man. I, you, I, we were texting while you were like traveling from airport to airport the other day. I got dealers that, that I'm signing up all over the country. So with the dealer F and I university yeah. and the public speaking, I also teach, I also go do on site training inside of dealerships. Wow. Uh, and I do that all over the country. And you're right, man. Uh, just a few days ago, I just came back from, uh, Minnesota, man. And I've been working with that dealer, uh, for a year now, man. Wow. So, uh, blessed, man. Blessed. Come on with it. Dude, Yo, that's, baby. that, that's so awesome. So if you like, are you, are you, um, like you go to regular companies that are not, not in, in, in the car business too? Have I gone to regular companies? Yeah, of course. I'm, yeah. yeah. Of course. So they reach out. To, I mean, I can't imagine why they wouldn't reach out sure. to you. Like, sure. It's not just about cars. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Dude, I love it, man. So how how can everybody follow you? Where's the best place to follow you? Listen, man, I'm all over social media. So you can follow me via YouTube, Shaka Dyson. Listen, there is no other Shaka Dyson that exists on planet Earth. Shaka Dyson. <laughs> so you can follow me on you can follow me on YouTube. Facebook, Shaka Dyson. Twitter, Shaka Dyson. Instagram, Shaka Dyson. Google me, Shaka Dyson. Come on with it. I want to connect with, with your whole audience, man. If yeah. there's anything I can do for anybody in your whole audience, feel free to please reach out to me. I'm always happy to help anyone that I possibly can. Why? Because you wouldn't believe how much I've been helped and uh, people still pour into my growth to this day, man. So I'm always happy to help the next person. You know, I'll tell you, um, Danny, Danny Levin is on here. Danny um, just made a comment and I'll read it to you here in a second. But Danny was, have you ever heard of um, Hay House Publishing? Uh, I don't know they, that I've heard of it. I, they, they, sure. It was Louise Hayes. It's Louise Hayes. She passed away, but it's a publishing company. They published, okay. you know, Deepak Chopra, Dr. Wayne Dyer. Um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're huge. And Ooh. Danny, Danny took them from 3 million a year to over a hundred million a year. He's a buddy of mine. And he says, he says, Ken, let's get this guy outside of the car industry. He's limiting himself. <laughs> Thank you, Danny. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, man. Yeah. Appreciate you, my brother. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Troy Smith says you need to remove somebody from your friends list to let me in, dude. You rock, man. I knew people's. Gonna, I knew they'd love you, man. So, so everybody on here, 
go follow Shaka. You have a public page too, or just your I personal? Sure do. Okay, I sure do. public so, page. So look I... him up on on Facebook. He's got a public page as well. Follow him on Instagram. Follow him on LinkedIn. Follow him everywhere. Go to his website. What's your website address exactly? DealerFIUniversity.com. DealerFIUniversity.com. Somebody drop that link in there for me if you would. I'd really appreciate it. DealerFIUniversity.com. Everybody connect with Shaka. As you can see, the man is 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 unbelievable. Shaka, Thanks. what's one last thing you want to say to everybody on here, especially the ones that are stuck right now? What's one last thing you want to say to them? Listen, the, I, I got the perfect thing to say to you, man. A long time ago, I heard from a guy that we all know, Tony Robbins. He said one of my favorite quotes, and it said, the price of admission to success is if you can't, then you must. Mm. The price of admission to success is if you can't, then you must. If you if you can't because you don't have the money, you don't have the resources, you don't have the networking, you don't have the know-how, then you must. Because the success is that that means you must do whatever it takes to acquire whatever it is that you need to get so that you can become successful. Don't you ever give up, man. Never. Wow. Mm. Man, there you have it. There you have it. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you. I know you're busy. You got a busy, busy, crazy schedule. So thank you for taking the time to be on here, man. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, man. My pleasure, Ken, man. Yeah. For real. Let's get um, let's get some some people uh, hooked up with you. I got a call from Chris Saracino last night. You know Chris, don't you? I do. Chris Chris knows you, man. He's he's uh, he says some good stuff about you. So listen, you guys, all of you follow Shaka and and Shaka. Thank you. I appreciate you being on, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate you guys. All right, you guys have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday.